It's Thursday, March 19th, 2020, and you're listening to episode 540 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is one hour. So let me take this from the other angle, and I'm going to come at you now. I want you to pretend you're the GM. Yes. All right, so in Traveler, am I correct that there is at least the framework of a setting? Yes. And is am I also correct that that framework includes the fact that the only currently living species of sapiens is humans? No. Oh, there, are, there are plenty of other... There uh, are other. There's whole supplements devoted to yep. the various alien races. Okay. So... Can you give me a sense of what the technology level is in Traveler? Is it, let's say, above Star Shotguns. Yeah, it, it's a pretty low-tech game. So yeah, it's, yeah, okay, okay, so yeah. Firefly? Yeah, it, yeah. It, Firefly is based Move on with Traveler. FTL. Yes. Yeah, hand wave the FTL. I mean, they have exclamation stuff for it, but the, you know, obviously we don't have FTL, okay. and we don't have the ability to Faster make okay, big ships. This, this actually happened but, in a yeah. game that I was playing in, so I'm going to run with this. So I went to play a human. Mm-hmm. that's from Earth. Sure. But is from, it could be an alternate Earth, or it could be this Earth in the future, mm-hmm. but I'm going to base him on a military faction that exists in my game, Outback of Rysos, because it's an organization I'm really interested in. There's a lot of culture I've built around it, but he's going to have some unusual traits. For starters, he's really into gnome feet. He's hugely into gnome feet. Mm-hmm. That sounds like feet. a personality, not so <laughs> yeah. much of a mechanical no, thing. So the mechanical oh, he'll make it a mechanical uh, thing. One, he is immune to all pathogens. Actually, that's more of a biological thing mm-hmm. than a mechanical thing. True. But he's immune to all pathogens, and he has an indeterminate lifespan, meaning they do not know what the upper end of his lifespan is. Okay. So the current technology that is being used to extend human lifespan, sure. their projected upper limit, no one has lived long enough to hit. So he is effectively, I mean, he's not truly immortal, but he's going to be... Like if an anvil falls on his head, he's splatted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he can die. But sure. he he's is. But he's one, disease will not hurt him, and two, he is not going to age past the age of about 25 to 27, for literally several thousand years, he's got a particle pistol and a suit of powered armor. Okay, so let's break that down. First off, indeterminate age. That's just flavor. There's no mechanical benefit to you not aging in the game. Uh, None. Except Even in character creation? Yeah, mechanically, once they reach a certain age, you have to start rolling for Yeah, so I can, uh, I can stay in the character That's generation tr- loop forever. Or, you know, if especially if I'm careful with my Well, wrists. actually, technically, yes. Eventually, the character generation loop where you just keep training and training and training, eventually it'll kill you. Oh, I know. Yeah. I, that's But, I mean, I could certainly stay in there. You stay in there I could stay to in where there you are. Than the average person. Yeah, and you will have a lot of problems. Okay. So. Because, it, because it'll, it will grind you down, make you enemies. And beyond just right. the normal role-playing stuff, I mean, it, it will... Unless you're Chad, then you'll get a ship out okay. of it. I now, mean, yeah, okay. and a lot of money, too. Now, you see, here's where the negotiations begin, because that doesn't actually exist in the game. So how about something like where you are a genetic experiment, and that has happened, and you are essentially got released into the wild? Uh, 
I mean, maybe, but it takes away the the culture I want to play. It takes away the sort okay. of perspective that I want to play. Okay, what if you were not? You're not a, a lone creature. You were a batch of people who were made like that. So there are others of your kind out there and enough for you to have a culture okay would you be willing to go with something like what they did in eve where an ftl thing gone wrong cut off a portion of humanity from the rest of humanity Mm -hmm. and by the time they were reconnected there were divergent tech levels so we have been rediscovered or we have rediscovered everyone else sure but our technology has gone in both the distance and direction theirs didn't Okay, that's not a bad angle right there. I'd I'd work with that. Now, uh, as far as, you know, the CareGen 4 Traveler, where you said, okay, you can effectively go on for Infinity in the CareGen loop. At that point, I negotiate, okay, so what if we just negotiate your current age? So this way, you know, theoretically, you could be in CareGen forever, but you actually get this many terms. So I didn't tap out because I was getting old. I tapped out because... The, the game finite because the game starts. Yeah, I could accept that because you're not. What if he came in and said I wanted to be 240? But how many years did he spend? Is basically just in school learning, yeah. not because if you're much. a 200 year old vampire, are yeah. you really that big on self improvement? Are you just laying around? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're watching I, a lot of Netflix, right? Well, so, I mean, like, if you yeah. just had, like, effectively, you had <laughs> be real six here. terms or 24 years of your life where you really devoted to doing something with your uh, with your life. And the rest of the time, you're just kind of okay. there. So, as a player, I would something say like you're, you're not taking away the feel of what I'm trying to accomplish. Sure. You're just condensing the rules. So, either I have only been an adult for, let's say, 24 years of these terms. Sure. Or... Within my 240-year life, there were only 24 of them that were spent... Notable. Do, that Yeah, that were notable enough to change who I was. Yeah. So I might be able to say and say honestly that I'm centuries old, but sure. I have not accrued some... Yeah, you got an engineering degree when you're 35. You're 250 now, and you have not used that engineering degree in, yeah. in 100 years. Uh, yeah, now it's just a piece of paper. Yeah. Well, and you could also say some of these are what's relevant, that maybe it's understood that I spent years Jump learning off me. technologies or weapon systems or things like that, that in the main flux of humanity are irrelevant. Mm-hmm. You know, I can fix drive cores that you guys don't have. Right. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. It, it, it isn't like Star Trek where they go back in time and Scotty, who does these fusion dilithium crazy cores, can now type really super fast and hack computers and yeah. like the yeah i'm sure that they're what basic programming is still around in star trek versus hundreds and hundreds of years later yeah i mean i understand what they're trying to get at with that which he was basically trading he didn't have any money mm-hmm. so he was trading technology for property he was you know gave them the basically the production procedure for transparent aluminum Mm-hmm. in return for a bunch of sheets of high-density uh, and high-pressure uh, plexiglass so they could put a whale tank on the ship, and it was kind of a silly movie. My opinion, Star Trek Four is overrated, and Star Trek Three is underrated. But I love Four. It's one of my favorites. Oh, I didn't, I didn't hate it. Was it. A good four, it was a good movie. I There's didn't no hate it. That. I, I thought there were some really fun scenes in he, there. Here's where I get the hate mail. I'm not a fan <laughs> of the original series. OG Star Trek? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a it's, product of its time. It's a product yeah. of its time. 
I'm a huge enjoyed fan it, of but, the original yeah. series movies, but yes. I like the original series movies more than I like the movies. The... Were better than the series. The series is really dated, and I can't go back. Yeah. But what about the cartoon, dude? I love the freaking cartoon. Like the first or second episode of Star Trek, and the first season of Next Gen is easily as bad as any. They other have show. this oh, most yeah. seasons of Next Gen are bad. I feel so bad for it. This is like this little like uh, I don't know if it's like a Lhasa Apso or like a Shih Tzu or what. It's a little dog and. They've got this poor thing dressed up as "quote unquote" an alien life form, where they've yeah. basically it's got a horn on it. Uh, no, it's dealy boppers. Yeah, dealy boppers, and it had a horn. And yeah. yeah, and they put an animal pelt over it, other than its own animal pelt. Mm-hmm. And McCoy was carrying it around, and explaining that this was an alien sample they'd gotten off of some planet. I'm like, oh, poor dog, because <laughs> it wasn't a puppet. It wasn't a prop. Not it was a, dog. a real dog that they had dressed up in costume, and it was terrible. But okay, All so, right, I want to get to the real issue. Right. The power armor and the gun. The power armor and okay. the gun. Okay, so the power armor and the gun, they both operate off of a fusion system sure. where they have a recharge rate, but it's not like I'm going to have these for a few big outings and they're gone. Right. Um, and these are high-level items that are very common. With uh, They're a staple within that society. They're probably out of balance with the rest of Traveler. Uh, sure. Having said that, then I'd have to rethink the campaign in that, okay, so how do I get everybody to have something that would be a balance? But so how that, do you, and I'm not trying to poke here or, or, or trap you, but how do you feel about rewriting your whole campaign Rather than telling me no. I wouldn't say no. I'd say, hmm, what do I want to do with that? I mean, that just my first thought would be, okay, so should Wayne's character get a few more toys? Chad's character get a few more toys? I could live with a few more toys with everybody having a few more toys. Or maybe okay. I just put you in more situations where a gun isn't as helpful. So let me, all right, let me pitch this to Chad Wayne. Let's pretend you're the other players. <laughs> oh, so boy. you know what? The, the, Part of a game, or our game, not the whole thing, part of the game that we're going to be playing. And you just pitch the character, you pitch the Dale? Yeah. God damn, Dan, play something different. <laughs> Get out of your damn rut. I've seen this character <laughs> ten times from you over the past 25 years. Come on! We agreed to play Traveler. Why are you having to bring something in from another I mean, I are we playing this system? <laughs> I'm playing a gnome who loves feet. I get it. It's a little weird, but it's part of his culture, so you can't judge me. But that's, come on. That's normal for gnomes. Wow, you guys are not helping make his point. <laughs> you guys are like, like this, it's just my score on the board is just going up. Players. You're, you're playing <laughs> hockey and I'm playing basketball. And with, with the of- power armor and the guns, I'm just going to have you guys show up for combat. Yeah. It's just going to be boring. Yeah. You guys have it's like, gonna be, he can do it all and your I, robots will do it all. I tell you what, we're going Dale? to the foot club. <laughs> you're going to have to control your group here. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, seriously though, as a player, what mm-hmm. should my... What well, you, well, let me say I came to you guys and I pitched this along the lines of something like, okay, because there's got to be an opening pitch. I'm interested in playing this. Dale and I have made some middle steps, kind of you know, work this out. And I say, what if we played a game where we are going to deal with a threat that is on my level, you, but absolutely requires your participation in major ways? Because to prepare everyone for this looming threat... Wayne's social character needs to be able to convince people to join together to you know to do the Commander Shepard thing, and Chad's character a gnome is a gnome, <laughs> and like all gnomes, he's really good with like FTL drives right. and astrogation, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's like we really need that ship working because 
if we get in a ship-to-ship fight, we're screwed. I mean, we have mm. to have that ship plus its low-profile drive system and whatever. I don't know what's available in travel or mm. everything shy of a cloaking system, unless there are cloaking systems. You know, we need this in constant working shape, and we can't have predators coming after us. So, I mean, it's not just going to be me dominating I have, everything. So my first thought is not necessarily what I would say. Definitely mm. not what I would say. My first thought when that gets pitched is, why do they have to be something weird? We all agreed to play this. We all agreed on the group template. We all agreed for this. And now they're bringing something completely out from left field to be part of the game. And now the whole, we have to deal with something that's a higher difficulty level that we're fighting See, than what we originally, that we originally said. All what right. I would actually say would probably be, I'm cool with that. <laughs> so, so, but internally, that was my first initial thought. So I, t- I take it from two actually different perspectives. The first perspective is you guys have been working together. You do this pitch. Have we talked about a game yet? Or are you coming to us and saying, Dale says, I'm running Traveler. You're oh. saying you're running your 56th sixth incarnation of this that's one character. My thoughts are different and, depending if that's and, the case. Well, if that's the case, like, I don't have a character. I'm like, that's awesome. I can definitely make a character and we can make a world that fits into that. Let's assume, for fairness to Dale, that this is not a late edition. That this is, we're we're like sitting down session zero and I'm the first one to pitch a character and I lay out, this is what I'm going to And I don't, that's a completely different answer for me. That's cool. And if true. everyone is pitching characters sure. and everyone is pitching one style and then someone right. pitches another. So, sure. so but if that's the first pitch... Yeah, because the, the, the Uno reverse card on this mm-hmm. is Dale sits down, we know we're playing Traveler, now we're kind of like talking about the flavor. Wayne's like playing a psychic merchant, I'm playing a guy who owns a ship, but the ship is all broken down and falling apart, yeah. and I'm kind of, I'm like a monkey wrench on it, and then you say... I'm playing this shiny golden god. No, I, and, I would totally concede that one, even yeah. if I'm playing. Well, of course you would, because Dale's you're a game master. Advocate. You know, yeah. Because, I, I, I mean, I, well, I can look back even at some of my own characters. Right. I mean, there are multiple reasons why I think my Dresden character didn't work, but probably prime among them is it was a late edition character. Right. And it just didn't fit into the group. Outside of you two, mm-hmm. I actually sort of blame the group for that because I kept begging for help and you were the only two that would talk to me. I don't, I'm not going to get off on that. Yeah. But the point being mm-hmm. that one of the big reasons that didn't work is because it was a late edition. It was not a, right. an organic part of the group. And it also was not necessarily an organic part of Dresden, whatever. Mm-hmm. But so, no, I'm going to give the concession here on Dale's behalf yeah. That this was not an out of left field mid. Like we've all pitch. sit down and this is the first fifteen minutes. I usually don't have a character at all for these sessions, and I want to hear what everyone else is playing. And you're the first one to step up, and I know that Wayne's gears are already turning for a character yeah. based on that. I'll wait to see what he's playing, maybe throw out some ideas, and then I will integrate a character. Well, and I, it's great, I, and I think I that's no talking about the midstream thing. That's one of the things to avoid if you're going to do this is running people off mid-rail. I right. mean, that's what Sword and Fist did in my game, was people made characters... Kind of kind of sword and kind of fisted yeah. game right there. But people were making characters that they thought would play a certain role in the game, that would have a certain relevance to the game, mm-hmm. and that Splat Book destroyed that for them. They did not get the game they thought they were going to get because suddenly one or two characters were front and center and went, saving the day... Every time anything happened. Yeah. If yeah. it was the first character pitched, 
my thoughts would be completely different than what I, I yeah, just said. My sure. thoughts would still be a little bit of why does it have to be something so far out of what's in the setting? Sure. But yeah, at that it, point, it would be, okay, we're going to deal with something that's high-powered. I'm going to make a character mm-hmm, that yeah. is more appropriate to deal with that. Well, sure. I, I think my question would not be on your character. It would be like, are we playing the appropriate setting? Are we playing the appropriate... Is Traveler the appropriate game? Or maybe Traveler is the appropriate game, but is Traveler the appropriate setting for this concept? Well, I'm going to say yes, okay. because I think part of this is we're trying to deal with the splat content that's not mm-hmm. normally there. So we're going to okay. say yes. Okay. If All it's right. normal, it's not splat. Okay, so one of the first things I do whenever I run a game, I always set a upper tech level. Okay. So what you're talking about would easily be well beyond that tech level. So for that, I would say no. Well, let me... Having said that, okay. now, it just let's go for example that we just ran with all the character concepts that were just thrown out. The first game that I could think of that uh, where that would work, you're all a mercenary company where Dan's the hitter, Wayne is the merchant, kind of the face of the group, and I'm the Chad, foot fetishist. You're the uh, the saboteur who's so, also a foot fetishist. Sure. <laughs> here's another, why not? Here's another question as a player that I would ask myself. Sure, Dan, have you done this before? Do you have a track record of trying to bring things in from outside of the systems, mm-hmm. trying to always be the outsider? The, Why do you keep motioning you know, to me? <laughs> because I'm facing this way. It's not, <laughs> no, what I'm getting at, though, is I react differently if right. there's a track record of either way. Sure. If you typically make a character that is well within the bounds of the system that's being pitched in the setting... And now you're trying Let me something put you new. The first I'm much two more times open. this character was played, he was a setting transplant. Let me put it to you this way. If you come to me with this character, Wayne comes to me with character, Dale comes to me with this character, totally cool. If Bim comes to me with this character, it's a hard no. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he knows after the power. And that's right. what I'm getting at. Is right. yeah. Certain people I would trust yes. with it. Certain people have track records that I would start to question. Right. And this does come back to Fear the Boots' eternal advice of know your party. Right. Yeah, Yeah, and I I will say that the previous two times I played this character, the first two times, he was a setting outsider. And one of the big things that I did, because this is just how I'm wired, was one, there were concessions I was willing to make. And this goes to what Chad said, to know what the person cares Mm -hmm. about. So if Dale's like, I want you to back the powered armor off a bit in terms of its raw stats. Right. I might say, okay, I'll do that. I want it to have does it ma- a this- limitless power plant or something like right. that. But I can say I've been shot at and patched enough enough times that this thing is not going to stop a tank shell the way it once and, did. And the question for okay, me too is like, good. do the stat do you, do you need those upper level stats for some reason? And we can explore that. Or do you want to be in awesome looking powered armor? Because if you just want to be an awesome-looking powered armor, hell yeah, you're an awesome-looking powered armor. Now you're going to be at the same sort of stat number right. level well, as everyone I, else. I, but... I'd be willing to do some some horse trading yeah. to say, okay, I'll bring down certain stats because he's been having to maintain this for possibly centuries without a proper workshop and proper tech levels and proper alloys and all this other stuff. So maybe it's degraded in some of its powers, but it might have some flavor abilities that aren't normal, full-spectrum views, you know... Uh, the open power system, you know, things like that. And with the other thing that I tend to do, I'm very cognizant of is I know nothing sucks more for a lot of people than being a third wheel or fifth wheel in a role-playing game. And so 
I'm going to intentionally. You know, my favorite story in that very bad about certain things was actually in an Epoch of Rysos game where there was a huge imbalance between the characters. We had someone we'll call them Bim who was playing a really high power character dude in powered armor, totally different than your guys. And he had, you know, all the stats and the guns and the, this and the, that and this and that and this and that. And I was playing a professor. I was playing a smart guy. No guns, no combat abilities, and this we weren't even trying. I mean, it wasn't even a thought in our mind to make this an even keel, right? And we're on a spaceship, and it's like, I think it's like the climax of the game. And on the bridge of the spaceship, you know, we're trying to, like, talk our way around it, or, or we're trying to talk it through, or it's a very tense situation. Well, that's not that f***ing talking shit. Bim powers up the powered armor, and he just starts blasting everywhere. And his powered armor was not a... You know, Superman eye beam, you know, kill somebody, which boop, and he's dead. It's like, and I think Bim even made the sound effects. And that's kind of what happened. And the opponents had like the same sort of thing. So, I mean, it's the invasion of Normandy on the bridge of the Starship Enterprise. Not really, but that's kind of what it looked like. And all the crossfire and stuff, I mean, it was not like somebody rolled something. <laughs> this is the shooting up the, the console. Shooting up the console. And it wasn't like somebody rolled something and, you know, blew apart the console. I mean, that was like what was going on. Everything was getting blasted. Rockets, explosions. My guy's diving for cover. I think Dan just kind of hand-waved my character out of existence so he survived for two minutes and then kind of came back in because it was ludicrous. The seats were not going to stop that kind of firepower. No, yeah, no, no. I mean, I couldn't hide behind a police squad cruiser. I mean, this was like particle cannons going off and shit. So this fight is going on, and the control room is wrecked. I mean, the bridge is smoking ruins and we're like hurtling through through space through you know ftl like into a sun i mean that's not what was really happening but i mean that's essentially what was happening and so we couldn't stop the ship everything's blown up and bim looks at me he's like you're the smart guy fix it and i'm like are you kidding me i don't even have a leatherman i don't even have a pin knife and this thing i can see the space like there's the stars i can stick my hand into space because you're an idiot and then and then i'm just singing so to me what the ludicrousness of it was was not that my character could not handle the combat he couldn't and 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 keep up with bim and all that but my problem with that was being the freaking janitor because it ripped me out of the game we had to stop the ship there was no two ways about it and it wasn't like i could come up with a clever idea of okay i'm gonna open up bim's powered armor and use pieces of that and jury rig something no he was still fighting right <laughs> explosions were still going off there there was no crew there's no magic technology my guy is a professor right about yeah, a totally crew was hostile so going yeah, down to the engineering room was not that, that was not gonna be a thing it was like my field of study actually had nothing to do with spaceships and it was me literally going over to the console looking at dan dan looking at me going oh god going okay i 
roll my science? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then, and then it's like I the had dice, to make it work. Had to make it work. And then like the dice were still moving, and Dan's like, "Success, okay, bam, roll." <laughs> <I'm> like, great. <laughs> There's a live goldfish flopping its ass out of this console, but you know what? Somehow it works. It, it worked. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Boom. You, you got the astrogator fish of Babel. So. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Yeah, we keep trailing Dale here. So Dale, <laughs> continue speaking, and then I, I do want to still ask you about the publisher angle. Okay, so what were we talking about? Because I forget from uh, this My game trail. pitch into Traveler and whether you as a game master would accept it. Mod- I would ask for modifications so that way it would be within balance. I mean, like your immune to disease angle. I'd ask for... Can you just think you're immune to disease? Can you just, you know, like have a really high bonus so that way, you know, you're not immune, but rather I can still hurt you with a disease if I really, really, really want to go that angle. But anything that would, you know, take out these other two, you know, you're still going to be fine. Uh, that one actually would probably be a harder sell to me on because it's the really? same mechanism okay. as what keeps them young. Well, and if I were the game master, my thing would be like... I didn't say I'm immune to like poison and gunfire and everything okay. else. All right. My thing would be like, you're immune to disease. And in the back of my mind, I was never going to have a disease in the game. In the game. Yeah. So, yes, exactly. I'm not immune to all things. <laughs> I don't have Wolverine level regeneration. Okay. You know, I do, I'm not immune to all toxins. Are you immune okay. to space madness? But, okay, yes. here's my question for you at this point. Okay. Let's right. say you've come to the perfect compromise, meaning neither of you are sure. happy. Okay. <laughs> sure. The Great Gills Compromise. So, how do you feel about your game now? Is your excitement mm. for the game impacted by the fact that you just jumped through all of these hoops to make this work, and you're not? it's not really what you wanted in the game to begin with, but you're letting it in? Are you still excited to run the game? Is it going to impact you while running the game? Well, yeah, that and, aspect and in, in the session yeah. planning of it's like, okay, I would normally do this, but because of Dan's guy... I got to do this. And that's a very interesting question. Because we've... Damn it. <laughs> sure. What's funny is right before Wayne spoke, I was about to interrupt with, that we won't let you answer. <laughs> <laughs> Dan and I in the past have both, as GMs, sure. agreed to things that have ended up hurting our enjoyment of running a game. Absolutely. Because sure. we are both... I'll make anything work, pretty much. I've sure. only recently said no for the first time ever right. to a character idea. Okay. Because I've learned from Was myself. That Larry's? Yes. Okay. I've learned from myself in the past that I need to speak up about those things because sure. if a character is going to impact my enjoyment of running the game, sure. it's not going to be as good of a game. Sure. Now, you see, in this theoretical game, I don't think it would because if I was going to run a mercenary game, I'm running a mercenary game. It's just the question of, okay, so I've just got to turn up the power level a bit more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, to okay. me, it, it really comes down. It, it's not about splat book or not splat book because I assume that the theorem here is that you are getting this from a splat book, and it could yeah. totally screw the game over. I even forgot I get, we were talking about splat books, at, yeah, right? And, and at I get point. that, and I think it's a valid point. And it's it's a question. It, it took it was a long road to get here, but I do think it is a good road to go down because a game master who's listening to this needs to ask themselves if someone like Dan came to them about their game and had this sort of crazy character they got from Splatbooks, would that make things less fun for me? So in Wayne's case, it would make things less fun. In Dale's case, it would cause a lot of extra work, but maybe it'd still be fun. In my case, 
It is not about whether or not I'm having fun. It, it is. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like, oh, those are fine, guys. But it, it wouldn't bother me. My thing would be, you pitch that, I look at Dale, I look at Wayne, and I say, okay, Dan just took the power level of this game up by a factor of five. You know, I don't care. What are your guys' thoughts? I don't like it. Maybe it's okay. Dan, can we take it down a bit? Or maybe rethink the character, or maybe make a new character. Yeah, and that's less yeah. about it coming from a splat book than it is about the power level yeah. thing. Sure. It could have been the same thing in the Dresden game I pitched. Specifically, I said, I want to start at a lower level because our last game right. was extremely high. Sure. I want people with guns to be an actual threat, at least in the beginning well, of the game. let's go back to the cat folk thing. Yeah. Well, here let go me go, let's stick with this for a second because now if all of that everything you just got came from a supplement, I as the game master it should feel entirely comfortable to say that I'm not going to allow that because that doesn't fit in some form with my game, whether it's flavor, whether it's mechanically or whatever. If I decided that that is not going to work with my game, I should be allowed to say that. I'm not advocating throw the doors open to every supplement yeah. out there. And, and that's not a blanket combination of all all supplements. Sure. I, I think we can look at that and say, you know, we're going to go for a low-tech, grimdark merchant thing, and you have the Space Future Warrior splat book. Right. Uh, maybe you could go for the Gnome Book of Feats instead. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, because the Gnome Book of Feats should be in every I, I Absolutely. Think to some extent, that kind of feeds back into the earlier points Wayne and I were making of, let's say, let's go with the Catfolk character, okay? And let's assume there is no power balance there whatsoever. We've lined up to other character races, and it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And, you know, it. <laughs> there's nothing about this character that's power level wrong, but I'm running a game in Forgotten Realms pre-Time of Trouble Symbia. Okay? okay. Now, if anyone knows anything about Forgotten Realms, you know what that is. If you don't, that's fine. All right, but the point is it's a very specific place. There are no freaking cat people in Symbia. In fact, I... There I, are none, or there are just very, very few? No, there are none. I mean, I can't think of anything in any of the books I've got for pre-Time of Troubles, Symbia, or quite frankly, pre-Time of Troubles, Forgotten Realms in general, that describes any cat people anywhere. Now, you see, here's the thing. Could the player be the exception? Well, I, I think Could, yes, but here's my, here's my worry, is now every time you enter a town... Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter as much if you're dungeon crawling. Sure. But every time you enter a town... Oh, dear God, what's that? Precisely. I have to start with, how are they going to react? It's a trill with a tiny fedora. What is it? <laughs> how are they going to react to Undercover Kitty? You know, are they going to stone it? Are they going to throw it out? Are they No, gonna be... they're going to hire him to solve their mysteries. Well, maybe they will. I mean, but the point is that that now becomes... You know, I don't have to worry about what is this town going to think of Chad's dwarven cleric or Wayne's human fighter unless they do something unacceptable. But his very existence is deviation from the norm. And now I cannot think through any encounter without the recurring question. Can of, we just say cat people exist? Well, I mean, okay, that that's an option, I guess. Because it's a big land, and not every place is marked on yeah, the map. Yeah, that, that is an option. Sure. We could simply say that cat people are rare, but we're going to make... Or a, even common. Yeah. Who cares? I mean... What's Gary Gagax going to do? Beat us up? I mean, or could it be something along the lines of, like, there's a Silk Road to somewhere 
a distant land where cat people are common. And sure, you've heard of them, but this is the first one you've ever seen. Silk Road had like a really long ribbon and somebody was pulling it and then you were at the end of it. Yeah, and they mostly trade from the sea. They call their major trade goods clam clowder. Ah. It would be like a ginger in Africa. They may have heard of them, but they're not there because they wouldn't survive. So, all right, all right. So, do you have anything else you want to talk about from the player GM angle of why? Do you like it when player? I mean, because you said, and you gave yeah. very good reasons. Sure. Why you like playing the unusual. Yes. And I'm not trying to pin you here with an right. answer where you're like, drag you out as a hypocrite. You know what I mean? That, sure. That's, but my question. That's the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> but my honest question for you is do you feel as excited about it? when a player brings it to your game. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if it's from one of my books. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, think about it this way. Say, let's go to this Traveler example. Okay. But we're taking it from the perspective that these guys have made their more grimdark, low-tech sort of thing, and we're going to have a BIM, not that you're BIM, but we're going to have a BIM situation. I don't dislike the fact that you're enthusiastic in fact, right. I love it. It's my job as a game master not to necessarily say no. It is to redirect your energies. So at some point, we're going to eventually talk about GM insecurities. Sure. I remember when I pitched this, one mm-hmm. of your questions was, could I be this race from this book that I wrote? Sure. I had a gut reaction that over time, I would have had the conversation, would have eventually said yes on. Okay. My gut reaction was... He wrote this book. He knows them better than anyone else. Sure. I will never know this race or anything about it as it, well as he does. It would My like, insecurity immediately triggered. Yeah. I get that. And I, and I had that. a gut That's, reaction before thinking about it. It would mm-hmm. be a lawyer coming to you and saying, can we discuss this in court? In a court where I know the judge, and that's my area of expertise in law. See, I have a totally yes. different view on it. If I was running the game and you came to me like that, I'd be like, that's great. And you, it's it's on you, buddy, mm-hmm. because I don't know jack about this race, and I'm not right. going to worry about it. Right. And, and, and <laughs> you're, you're someone that thinks very differently than me yeah. and Dan about that. Right. Like it was the same thing. I for years said I would never run like a skies of class game for Dan. Mm-hmm. I would do that happily now. Right. Same thing. I've run your games for you when mm-hmm. initially my thoughts were I wouldn't do that. But you know what? Five. But it's words, something I've gotten over. You know what? Five words have jacked up a ton of my life. Oh yeah. By the way. Oh yeah. At, by the way. In, in, role-playing games as an example i'm playing a cat person okay that's fine we'll go oh, with that oh by the way okay somebody, got shoots, a barb- somebody shoots you with an arrow <laughs> oh yeah by the way i get an auto reflex save to dodge any ranged weapons because i'm getting cat <laughs> fast what no you don't sure i do it's right here in the race you agreed to well can, you, so, okay. can you get the author to come here and do you think yeah. i can take the author in a fight because i'm saying no you don't but what if dan's the author well, I know I can take Dan and, to fight unless he gets the drop on me and shoots me. And this is what <laughs> happened in the Sword and Fist situation. Right. Was I agreed to it until Tim, oh, yeah, Tim did know Taekwondo. And, yeah. He goes, oh, yeah, by the way, I can do this. And you get hit with this. Oh, yeah, by the way. No, I didn't. You got to make a saving throw. And you've only got a three plus. Oh, yeah, by the way, that's a 15 plus. So it is like how given the time to think about it, my actual answer would have been sure if you give me a free copy of your book. Here. Before I say yes, I would throw that in as well. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. I'll put it to you like this. I'm okay buying you one of Wizards' books if I wanted to play something from one of theirs. Because, you know, 
if I want to play it that much, that's what I've got to do. It I've get, accepted that. It gets back to one of my... You're not the first person who's asked me that either, and not the first person <laughs> who I've done that for either. It, it gets back to one of my central theses, really, which revolves around BIM and and how he plays and why he plays. And other power gamers, when we're, when we're talking about this, oh, and whatever the phrase is, oh, and, and oh, by, yeah, by the way. Oh and, oh, and by the way, I mean, basically what we're saying here is the characters are really freaking powerful and way more powerful than anything, and they're untouchable. So the problem here is not the splat book. The problem here is not the character. The problem is actually a question. The question is, why does this player feel they need to be godlike? Well, and let's face it, this can happen without intent, too. Exactly. I look at the Epoch of Viruses game that we've mentioned a few times, where you were the professor with the robots. That, that was not my intention. It was never yeah. your intention. I overpowered We the got game. to the point where, and this was within the complete rule set. Yep. It was not from any kind of splat book. It was not something you came in with. It was not intentional. And we came to the point of why would we ever leave the ship when he has robots? And I was able to do that because I had played up of Risos before. And none of the rest of us had. And none, none of the rest of you had. And it was not my intention. I didn't even realize I was doing it. Yeah. But and that was all within the rules yeah, without intent. And so in that situation... The Game Master Dan, in this case, could come to me and we can realize, oh, Chat, as a person, had a little bit more experience and he way tipped the scales in a way that wasn't thing. Let's have a conversation. Chad, it was not your intent. Do you mind if we scale this back? I'm like, whoa, let us scale it back, please. Well, but but here's the thing. Somebody like Bim, who is just an er example at this point, right? Not, not the actual person. He plays these characters that are super, super, super powerful, gets the splat book, sword and fist, and all this sort of stuff. Why? Why does he need to feel yeah, this sense of was, empowerment? It wasn't for diversity of options. No, it, it wasn't. And it so, was for power. It was for power. So what is he missing that he needs that can be delivered without all of this crazy stats and numbers. Maybe the answer is nothing. Maybe he has some personal things going on in his life where he doesn't feel empowered. Maybe his job is really terrible and he has a, a very abusive boss who takes away his personal sense of authority and ability. And so this is his escape. My response to that would be, okay, I love Bim. How can I deliver that without breaking the game? Yeah. I, and what I would do as a, as a game, and this is just me, is that I would deliver role-playing scenes that would empower him, mm -hmm. and then I would start backing off the combat and his abilities and start yeah. shaving them. So well, like, I'm going to make a case for some of these books. One of the reasons why I want to be something different sometimes is because I don't want to take the spotlight away from the other players at the table. Right. I look at the last D&D game we did. I specifically didn't take any spells that someone else at the table had. I did other things because I never wanted to, that was their thing. I didn't want to take that from them. You know, we had a fire mage, so mm -hmm. I specifically didn't do fire. Believe it or not, that's why I made Gil, for the same reason. My character in Skies of Glass, Lee, the A game, so much of the game involved Lee, and Lee's interaction with it, and Lee drove it, and I wanted to make a character that actually was a nobody and would allow the other characters to step up and step forward and have more of a spotlight. So I look at the like spell options. Another book of spells mm -hmm. may not be that I'm looking for something more powerful. It's that we already have two or three spellcasters. Sure. And I want something different because I want 
them to be able to do their big thing. And I cast a firebolt. Well, I have a firebolt, and I have a firebolt, and I have a firebolt. Yeah. I have a wand of firebolts. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> that was something I liked about the Forgotten Realms book for third edition was I really felt comfortable that 90 some odd percent of the content in there was new and balanced options. It was diversity. It was not jacking up the power level that you could take this instead of this, but there was a, an obvious trade-off that rebalanced it in. Well, Dan, let's face it. If we were playing a, let's call it a D and D game, any version and a GM was there and that somebody came out with a book of cantrips you and I would both be like, I want that. Oh, hell yeah. I know how to abuse the crap out of utility spells. So yeah. why but, do you as a player need feel the need to abuse the crap out of utility spells? Well, fair question. I mean, we and we know why. Well, let me answer question second. The first comment I wanted to make is that the more recent example of this is when I was playing the Waymick, the Waymick was a druid. Now, there was actually a party of freaks and monsters, so... Me playing a Waymick was actually one of the more normal things in that party, as crazy as that is. But the off-path choice I got was I was playing a druid, that's obviously pretty vanilla, but when I was trying to pick the druid's circle, like they have this... Third level, you get a thing. Yeah, you get a thing, where I forget forget what they're called. Subclass. Yeah, it's like a subclass thing where you like... Oh, I'm a defender versus an attack, or I'm a this. You're a necromancer. Mm-hmm. You're an evoker. You have a, you're a paladin of war. You're a paladin of law. You're yeah, 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 you that kind of thing. thing. And druids have that too. When I was thinking about the kind of character I was trying to play, he had left his home tribe. He had actually left it because he was pledged in marriage to someone he didn't want to marry, and so he left rather than shame his family by not having the marriage it's just it's can't be done because he's not there was total tribal right. politics and he's still gonna marry her just oh just yeah gonna, i just as soon as he gets back as soon as he gets back as soon as he gets back <laughs> as soon as he comes back from buying cigarettes Nar- narrator he's never coming back and, but it did get worse <laughs> but i'll link that in the show notes holy crap that's weirdly hilarious but the thing that i really wanted was he was living as sort of a road angel or basically what he did was there's a major trade road that went right through the area that he lived in. And what he would do is when he would see people in trouble, he would defend them, he would heal them. If he'd jump out of a tree and go, I'm Catman. No, he did not. No. Catman is an awesome character now. He yeah. did have his Mystic own now. now. He Mystic did have his own me. song. Mm-hmm. But he did not he did not ever call himself Catman. And not yet. Always annoying Julia with his tail. Did he have a catarang? No. No, All no. these missed opportunities, Dan. I know, well, because I got the one slam dunk I needed. Yeah, you got to play your furry. I mean, well, no, no, arena. no, not, not that. You know what he was wearing? What? Because there was a whole thing about a big wedding that was going to occur, and they weren't bothering to clothe him, but I had come across enough money that I went to all the people the court had brought in to make the finery, and I hired them to make me a full set of wedding garb, including... Waymix shoes do 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 do. Waymix shoes do 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 do. See that song doesn't annoy me because Sky was too old old for that. that. Yeah, but anyway, as he's playing Road Warrior, the one thing a Road Angel, you know, he's going around healing people, calming their animals, calling back horses that have bolted, helping them because he had an enormous strength. 
He could lift up and into their wagon while they reseated a wheel, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. He could create food and water for people that had not planned well or refugees. But I wanted him to have his circle be something that really fit into that. That this is about providing and creating a sense of chill and healing and whatever. And the only place you find that is in Xanthar's under what's called the Circle mm -hmm. of Dreams. Mm -hmm. And so I, I picked the Circle of Dreams because it's not more powerful than any of the rest. No, it's just different. Mm -hmm. So to Chad's prior question of why do I use and abuse cantrips that way, or utility spells, mm -hmm. not because now right. cantrips. Not lightning bolts, but yeah. Yeah, 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 because cantrips used to mean one thing, and now they mean zero-level spells. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So by cantrips, we mean utility like magic spells. Magic hands, knock, that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Create Stone flame. Yeah. Spells that don't have a combat Or, or do not or have appear very to have a combat mechanic. Yeah. But the reason that I started going with them is because the GM boxed me in. Right. And what happened was the GM boxed me in. It was not about wanting superpower. Mm -hmm. It was not about wanting to automatically win every combat, though honestly the combats were a bit much, so cheating through them was starting mm -hmm. to look like a good option. But it was because of the fact that I played a character that was totally book legal, using nothing more than the base book, and I think it was the Forgotten Realms book. Is one other book, that, and all the rule it went for was uh, it allowed me to re-element spells. So instead of Fireball, I could know the spell of Ice Ball. And it was the same thing. It was the same yeah. thing, except it's an ice effect, and anyone that's immune to ice is immune to this, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it is exactly like Fireball. It's just ice, not fire. And you can't do this on a whim. That's the spell you know. The spell in your spell book is not Fireball, it is Ice Ball. If you want to also know Fireball, separate spell separate slot. Spell. And when I played this game, the GM, every single encounter we had, my three powers were cold first, they are all immune to cold. My second fallback was darkness, they were all immune to darkness. Darkness. And my, and my final, like if everything else fails, is I had a little bit of electricity, they're all immune to electricity. Wow. And were I, they apple goblins? I, I mean, there was a lot of undead. They were created by an yeah. apple GM. Yeah, and honestly, that sounds to me more like a uh, punishing GM yeah. than it does. And so my character got weirder and weirder. This is what I, where I started my whole you are not a victim of your game thing. Because I asked the GM, like, what's going on here? Why can I do nothing? He's like... That's just what the stats of monsters can yeah, have. No, that's I, bullshit. I, yeah, it's total yeah, bullshit. Yeah. So, and so, so I suddenly realized, you know what? Okay, fine. I can't throw a fireball because the way I had the character set up, I am elementally anti-line. So I cannot take fire spells. I can't take light spells. I can't hit these guys with sunbeam. I can't hit these guys with fireball. So f*** it. I can take the elementally neutral spells and I'll just reshape the stone around his head and then beat him like a pinata. So now here's the real question: Did the GM state that going in, or was it no, like, no. "Wow, that was our total reshape of the campaign"? After he saw your no, character? no, no, no. Well, my character was an early pitch. He was totally fine with it. He supported it all the way through. He never expressed. So let any me ask concern. you this: Why do you still do that in your games as a player? Once because you've been oh, the, that then it's kind of hard to go back. Trauma. Exactly. It, it, yeah. There's there's a game, yeah. I don't know if it's ever going to re get released, or if so in what form. There was an actual play that I did with the guys over at Gamer's Table. It was a Promethean game. Mm -hmm. He just went back to editing it. Oh, did he? Okay. I'm curious what he's going to release. Because he had in mind for the game to end one way. 
And what happened instead in the end was my character, instead of being victimized, became the victor. I did not even set out to do this. But I have played in so many groups, prior to a current one, sure. so many groups through my 20s and 30s mm-hmm. and my teen years, right. where I had been so heavily victimized, either as a player or as a GM, that all of my characters now carry these, I'm not going to abuse your games, but I can if I need to. Never intended to do it, So, but so I was I, built to do it. I get it, and I get it. And to me, this actually pertains to the Splatbook discussion, because this is sort of like the anti-splat book. This is like, you don't need a splat book, but you're doing splat book stuff. It's just not numbers and stats and overwhelming and stuff. It's just that you're very clever. And you are. You're, you are mm-hmm. very, very clever. Yeah, I will say, this so, is also another case of, I do the same thing Dan does for a completely different reason. Let me ask you this. As a piece of advice, if anyone has something, someone out there similar, because I know you are not the only traumatized former player, former GM, right? There are people I have played with who do program in anti-measures into their characters for this. As a game master, I hate it when you do it. I hate it when anybody does it. I hate it not because I, I take it personally or anything, because believe me, I was there. I was one of the perpetrators, right? Way, way back in the teen years. Yeah. But I hate it because... As a game master, and I think this applies to splat books, I think this applies to self-splat booking, uh, if we can call it that, is what can I do as a game master to make it to where you don't feel you have to do that? And the reason Mm -hmm. I say that is because as a game master, to make the game cool and interesting for you, for everybody, is I have to put in conflict and tension. I have to pressure your character and that pressure is awfully similar to abuse yeah at the no, beginning. it is, it is. so it and i get why that I, I hate to use an overused word but it, it i think it kind of triggers no i mean I, I totally get it my previous dog pearl mm-hmm. let's use her as an example she had been abused and i know two things about the abuse from watching her one i know one of her prior owners must have been a man with a beard because mm-hmm. she did not like facial hair. Right. It profoundly upset her. And the other thing is I know they hit her with objects because every time I picked up anything that was bar shaped, it's so like a broom handle, mm-hmm. an actual metal bar that I had sitting around for a while, she would drop down to three inches of height, tail flat between her legs, and slither out of the room. Right. Which is a sign that she believes she was about to get the crap beat out of her. Now, mind you, I never hit no. Pearl with objects. Absolutely not. I didn't have a beard mm-hmm. through the entire time I owned her. You know, perfectly clean shaven. But the point is that even though I had never done this mm-hmm. to her and never intended to, me holding an unscrewed broom handle because it had fallen out of the broom looked to her. No different than the lead up to a beatdown. Right. Yep. I had a dog that if I raised my hand, he thought he was about to be hit. Yeah. And eventually he did outgrow it when he had spent more time with me than he did. Pearl never did. But most dogs don't outgrow it. Yeah. And okay. Yeah. I've multiple dogs in my past that I've adopted. Yeah. That I, know I mean, had I, I see with Charlie in different form. He got bounced between households a lot. So he has a lot of separation anxiety. If he's used to my routine, he's okay. But, like, 
when I started after the divorce, moved, started moving out of the Ledoux house, even though I intended to take him with me to my current place, holy crap, he panicked. Mm-hmm. He was going nuts. I mean, if you, I think you were there for a move. We had, yeah. to ha- we had to assign a person to managing him right. because he was flipping out because he thought I was about to ditch him and leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I still get that if I like pack a suitcase or go on trips that don't look like my usual work routine to him. It looks like mm. he is about to suffer a form of abuse by neglect. All right. Now, getting back to your, yeah, about, yeah. your question about role playing, I think it would take, because I have one capacity that Charlie doesn't, mm-hmm. which is I understand your language fully. Right. I don't un- just understand your a handful of words. I understand the full diction, the full grammar, mm-hmm. the full what they call semantics, which is the meaning of the words, the uh, intent behind the it, intent behind yeah. them. I, it w- what it would take for me is I would need the GM to say, okay, Dan, we're not going to do certain things in this game. I will not allow another PC to turn on you, once again, not as a yelling match or a slapping mm-hmm. match, but the pe- other people say, our characters are not going to attack you. Yep. We're not going to rob you. No PvP, yeah, no, this is a no, no PV- screw over. Yeah. Yeah. Coming to a game without thinking about it ahead of time, you're going to subconsciously add those things in. But if you come to the game, create your character with the entire mindset going in, knowing I am creating a character that I am not creating escape hatches with. Right. Because I don't know. I mean, and that's the problem. That's why I create the escape hatches. If I don't have those assurances, both from the GM and the other players, I don't know. And so I just presume it's going to happen. And if that's it what I think it would take. I to... just don't use the powers. Right. That's what I think it would take but... to break you of it is you would have to go through at least one game where you've got the insurances and you have made the character and it doesn't have the escape hatches and it they don't get triggered. Well, well in in the problem with having the escape hatches too is again like we said for a game master to put up a good game a good story requires tension sure. and pressure and pushing on buttons that that you've made in your character to be pushed. Yeah. Because so to make those hooks and those dramatic stories and such, and as a game master, I have to push them. But in your mind, in the back of your mind, even though you know me, you don't know, is this just the story or is he coming after me? Yeah, and, and, yeah it definitely and, hits those yeah. triggers where, yeah, I, I don't necessarily know what the intent is. And I think the best way would be to go through a series of games and it may not happen in the first game, right. but go through a series of games where both the players and the GMs made certain guarantees to me mm-hmm. and those guarantees were kept. And then I'd start feeling a bit less paranoid. I mean, I had a great time in the Promethean game, but I built in those PVP escape hatches without really even realizing I was doing it. And then where the game ended, I mean, I'm not, I'm, it was a great game. I'm not bashing any of the people involved, but I'm just saying the reality is there was a betrayer in the party, and I all those triggers fired, and I won. I what think this tell? is also why you don't play very often. Yeah. You're almost always a GM, and I think this is one of the deep-seated reasons why mm-hmm. you typically want to be the GM. I mean, part of it is also I do really right. like the creativity of being right. the GM. Sure. But no, some of it is, yeah, because if I'm the GM, I can guarantee two things. One, that the game is fair. And I certainly have treated you guys in the Saw game with nothing but fairness. I roll on the table right in front of you. Oh, no, you Gil kid, gets shot a lot. I say, you kid <laughs> glove us a lot, too. But, but the point is... We deserve far worse than we But the point got. is that I'm, I'm not screwing you guys. You, you know, I don't think anyone at the table can claim they were ever unfairly harmed in my game. And I 
do have characters in there that don't generally get involved. But part of the reason, one of the functions they serve is referees if you guys get too violent with each other. Hearts is a uh, bodyguard. Are a, no, that's Hearts, correct. You know, Hearts, is, Hearts is a babysitter. Hearts is something of a babysitter. He was a bodyguard when when uh, Molly was around. But for a lot of the game, that's what Emma's been. Is Emma, she's like, I really, she doesn't want to involve, she doesn't want to control things. But if one of you guys started pulling guns out with like obvious intent that you're going to kill somebody else, yeah, she'd have gotten involved. Well, and so I find that an issue with your game mastering in the same way as I am a game master and running a game for you and you have all the escape hatches and escape buttons where it's it's difficult for me to put the pressure and tension on you to make the story because I know what could possibly happen. As a player, I see that in the game. Now, it doesn't affect me necessarily in, in a direct way. I think what it what bothers me about it is that I know that those buttons are there for you. I know why they're there for you. And I think that I just sit there and go, I really wish he could relax. Well, and I think I I wish you didn't feel you needed them. Now, it's very easy to say that. Yeah, I get it. And I'm not saying, oh, well, Dan, just just be happy. okay? like everybody else. That's not what I'm saying. But it it is just a a part of me that when I I do because I've been gaming with you so long, I I see those buttons within your games. And I'm like, ah, I just mm, I know why it's there. Yeah. And I don't want to get into this big dramatic sob story of my life. But I just want to say that I think part of the reason I dislike it in games so much is because of the fact that there is also the real world issue that both in games and also in very much non-game things like real life stuff, I have had to spend so much of my life watching my back Mm -hmm. that it is anathemic to me in a role playing game for the same reason Dale doesn't want to play a guy who likes his job. You know, it's it. I I want to watch my front. I want to that go forward. I want mm-hmm. to deal with the plot. You know, when I was playing Narl, one of the things that it was fair to put it in there, mm-hmm. but one of the things I was least interested in dealing with was revolts and large scale political maneuverings within my Null clan. Mm-hmm. I would sooner accept a small band of loyal and reliables than a giant tribe where. I spend so much of the game constantly watching my back right. it, because I, I want to move forward because I don't, yeah. that's something I don't get to and, do enough in life. And, and to me that that's, I guess that's why it makes me, I don't, I don't know if sad is the right word, no, but I get it. I get it. But, I'm limiting but, your options. No, I think you're limiting your options. And, and that's what makes me sad about it because it's like you have to put in all these buttons and escape hatches and all these contingencies, and I get why you do it. And to me, I see that, and I see them as chains. I see them as chains holding you back and limiting you. That, that if you could, and again, it, I know you just can't say this and be this, but, yeah, yeah. but if you could break free of those chains and not have to watch your back, you wouldn't just move forward. You would run forward. Yeah, I, and, but I think, once again, the, the problem is, and you know enough about my mm-hmm. life, sure. where I I mean, I can just make the comment that you know within the past mm-hmm. year or two, certainly the past 10, 15 years, the number of times that I have only made it through things in life, both in games right. and out of games, because I had, I was like that uh, 
guy in gargoyles. I had my plan B, C, D, and E already in place. Right. You know, I had my back so covered mm -hmm. that it was easier to attack me from the front. This has been a production of Fear the Booth, copyright 2020. Listeners are free to use this episode in a non-commercial endeavor, so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. If you wish to support this show and its related endeavors, you can do so at patreon.com slash feartheboot.